three, three, two, two one, one, mark. mark. All right. All right. How's it going, guys? Trevor Holland here, and uh, we're doing the updated Trevor and Jeff Deep in Japan podcast. I'm coming straight from uh, Tigard, Oregon. We got Jeff. You know the man. He's over there in Takashina, Japan. And uh, today we're going to be talking about what it's like coming home. So, I hear you got some questions for me. Lay them on me. All right. Did you feel any culture shock going back to the United States? Yeah, you know, I really did. Um, probably not as much, obviously, as, as coming over to Japan. But when I got back, there were definitely times where, uh, especially that first week or so, where it was just kind of like, wow, that's that's right. That's how we do it here. What, like, what in specific kind of flipped you out a little bit? I don't know. Um, a couple times... Uh, the first couple times I went shopping when I got back were probably pretty jarring for me. Where were you shopping? Um, uh, the first thing I did when I got back, um, actually, I went to Ikea. And uh, I think I've told mm. you parts of the story. But, mm-hmm. you know, I came back. I was looking for a, a bookcase, went to Ikea. And this was my first sh- my first Ikea experience. And so any of your listeners that have been out there to Ikea, they know this is a pretty big warehouse. It's I like still haven't been there. I got, I got to get on there. You have to, yeah. You have to go check it out. It's like the Walmart of uh, of uh, furniture, or more like the Costco. It's more like the Costco of furniture. Um, just kind of this big warehouse. Well, I and, like Costco, uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting that my first Costco experience wasn't until last year when I went with you. But yeah, in Japan, I, no I like that. In in <laughs> Japan, I went. I went since I've been back, and you know what? It's the exact same. So I can't believe that you've never that before that you had never been to Costco. Bitch, I ain't got no Costco club card. I ain't rich like you out yeah, but, there with you your, know. It seems like Japan money. Somebody's always got like a friend, you know, who's got a card and who, who will take you. That's and that's what happened when I came back and I got kind of dragged into it. But uh, yeah, anyway, so now I'm a Costco believer. I've been there. I've done it. But I was at IKEA in this particular instance, not Costco, and uh, we were walking around i was looking for this bookcase and like towards the end i was just i'd kind of had enough mm-hmm. um you just you're not used to like large people and um i, I don't know <laughs> yeah like looking back it's hard for me to even describe <laughs> so what it, this experience was like but your your culture shock was seeing <laughs> large <fat> people, people. <laughs> yeah fat people was like a whole new you Dude, know in japan how this often is gonna this is gonna come off as fat shaming i hope you realize that People are gonna hear I, this. I used like, to be. Are they I used fat to be shaming. God damn it! I used to be morbidly obese. It's okay. It's I've a, got my club card. You, I get like free pass to call people Jew. fat. <laughs> hey, I was True. fat. I it's was okay fat. to shame I, people. <laughs> I took my fair shit for being fat. Fat people can. Uh, you suck you it say up. you were fat. How, let's talk numbers. How big were you? How b- I, I in uh, let's see. It would have been my sophomore year of high school was my my largest year, and I. I tipped the scales at just over 300 pounds. Oh Jesus, so, you were a little fatty. <laughs> yeah, and I and I hadn't quite grown to you know to my current height, so I was really, I was pretty round. One of the most embarrassing moments of of uh, high school, and the, the day that I actually decided, like, okay, I'm losing the weight. You know, there's there's got to be that break, that mental break, right? That that snaps you out of it. And for me, I remember I was at high school, and I bent over to pick something up, and I ripped my pants straight down the down the middle. <laughs> And it was like just the ultimate oh, in shame. Oh yeah. man! And, uh, that was uh, I was actually I was doing interestingly enough I was doing a, a class project for a Japanese National Honor Society at the time. So in front of the entire <laughs> Japanese class and and they're it's like amazing. I so ever went this, back. Yeah, this is they're America. like oh he's a, he's he's fat. Yeah. So anyways, oh I was God. I was a fatty. So fatties out there, I feel your so, pain. <laughs> so wait a minute. Uh, you were 300 pounds in high school, and yeah. you were a weeaboo. Is that correct? <laughs> I no. Well, let's say I had a healthy appreciation for Japanese culture. I was not. I would not consider myself a weeaboo. My my freshman year, mm. uh, being fat and coming in, and we had just moved, um, so I didn't know anybody. And uh, yeah, so I started taking Japanese out of more more not wanting to take Spanish than anything else. Yeah. And uh, but you know, I, high school. I knew what the anime was all about. I joined anime club for one week. You're in that generation that like that had it was re- anime. It was, I, I it didn't was have really that popular. Yeah, it was really popular on television. In fact, I, I didn't did. even I, know what a weeaboo was until you. I still don't even think I fully. It's understand. a derogatory. It's a, it's a derogatory term for somebody who 
uh, I don't know, likes. It's like, uh, what do we call it? There's another term for it. It's like um, an otaku? Like a wa- Japanese, Japanese otaku? Uh, no, not really. I, I think the weeaboos have tried to appropriate the term otaku as being positive. There's like an otaku magazine uh-huh, now uh-huh. in America. Right. Where clearly otaku is a very derogatory term in Japan. It's, you know, like shut-ins and... Uh-huh. It's, you know, and so anyways, yeah, I, I've always, I've hated that term, mm-hmm. but in high school, it took me a week. I went to anime club and we had a lot of the weeaboos and I was like, yeah. This Where does the term scene. actually come from? I mean, how, like. Weeaboo. I don't know. How is it I, spelled? It's those, like, it's, what is this? Thing? It's one of those, it's one of those internet terms. I mean, if you look it up on Urban Dictionary, I think it's been on there for like 12 years mm-hmm. or 14 years. It's, yeah. So as long as I can remember, weeaboo is just. It's W-E-A-B-O-O? I think so. W-E-A-B-O-O. And I have no idea where the, the origin of that term comes from. But Do you think Know I've Your always... Meme would have a little little history on that? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know if it's considered a meme or not, though. It's a... Uh... Anyways, yeah. So yeah, I would describe it as somebody who, who loves Japan but doesn't really know anything about Japan. Their, their love of Japan is basically defined by liking anime. Or uh, or manga or something. I've along got those the page lines. open right here. Okay, so it what, says what that weeaboo say? is an English slang term used to describe a person who prefers Japan and all things in Japanese over one's indigenous culture. Which is definitely not true in my case. <laughs> so it's apparently it's a successive mutation of Wapanese. Wapanese is the the other <laughs> term I was thinking of. Yeah, the white the white derog- Japanese. The white Japanese derogatory term for Western Japanophiles. Now I I coined the term, and I I don't know if it's on Urban Dictionary. It, maybe somebody else came up with it too. But the Amerabu, and I I found out quickly <laughs> that the Amerabu is a real phenomenon in Japan. And I had I had met um, uh, a woman online before I had gone to Japan. Um, she was mutual friends with a bunch of people uh-huh. who I could I could see this. A marabou, like she wanted to become Christian and she wanted to like move to America forever and she thought like American pop culture and food was like the best. And I was like, wow, she's showing signs of being a weeaboo in reverse here. <laughs> and uh, and then I at the same time I knew a girl who I was actually I was um, interested in and she had no interest in me because I wasn't Japanese, but uh, here in America, and she was like, bore, like she was exactly weeaboo, like she wanted to move to Japan and marry a, as she called them, a Japan man. <laughs> like, with the true samurai spirit. Like, some bullshit like this. Right. And, uh, so anyways, but when I, I went over to Japan, I did, I met, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to name names, but you know who I met, who struck me as an Amerabu straight away with his love of, uh, fast cars and, and, uh, oh, yeah. McDonald's yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me he wasn't Amerabu. Your teacher stalker. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> That would be him. So a marabou is also a thing. But anyways, yeah. This comes out of 4chan. I was, I was never the, the, the interaction with the the Wapanese on 4chan and then the <laughs> other the, the other crowd inside of 4chan who thought that they were nerds and made fun of them. Um, they used this they term to refer to the dweebs on 4chan who are obsessed with Japanese culture. Yeah, that would be correct. So it's a 4chan meme. That makes sense. <laughs> So there you go. So no you're weeaboo. not an otaku and you're not a weeaboo. Or at that time when you were 300 pounds sophomore in high I was, school. I was, I was flirting with it. But like I wasn't. You were trying to find your was, identity. You're like, where's that a was, fat that, guy like me? Where can he fit in? Well, I Literally. was also in the marching band. I was in the marching band. And I, it was interesting. I, was, I didn't really get accepted in the marching band. Uh, I was like too different. And it takes a lot to not be, you know... Accepted in the marching band. <laughs> accepted. There were only seven <laughs> freshmen in the marching band, so you had a lot of, like, seniors and, and shit that thought they were pretty cool. Did you play and, sports uh, or anything? Did you do anything growing I, up? I played I played a lot of sports up until uh, middle school. So when I was... I played sports, like, kindergarten through sixth grade really hard. I played So up everything. until the fat Basketball, years. Basketball, baseball... Yeah, and then it, what happened was we ended up moving. I was always a little chubby, but like baseball was my main sport, and so it was you know I was accepted in that group of I was play, I played the catcher, and I could hit the home runs, and so like mm-hmm. it it worked out great. So yeah, I was I was I fit in really well, and then we moved um, 
after I graduated sixth grade, went into middle school. And that was kind of when I had had enough. My dad was one of those like hardcore sports dads that you see. If you ever seen uh, Will Ferrell's Kicking, Kicking and Screaming, where he, he uh, coaches the, uh, the youth soccer team and he just goes crazy <laughs> and he's throwing shit on the field and he's going going ape shit like that was my dad like he would stand behind the dugout and just scream things and you know so by the time i hit seventh grade we moved and uh, i didn't know anybody like all the people i played sports with were were gone and so it was and you know in middle school it starts to get a little bit more serious like not a lot more Mm -hmm. serious but Mm -hmm. it's like the next level and so i just basically said no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pursue this anymore i'm done with this much to my dad's dismay and uh yeah that kind of as soon as I stopped playing sports, you know, two or three times a week, like that's when I really got fat. It was like the exercise that was keeping me just chubby. And, uh, so yeah, I, I didn't play sports for many, many years. So you're a, you're a former fatty, 300 pounds sophomore in, in high school. And then you came after a year in Japan, you go back to the States, visit an Ikea and you're like, Oh my God, people here are so (laughs) fat. But, you know, a year is, it doesn't seem like that long after you've gone through it. But coming back and not having seen somebody of that size Mm -hmm. for, and I think it was more than anything, it was at that time I had come back and it was really interesting to see America kind of through the eyes of of maybe one of my students, for example, who Mm -hmm. was maybe coming over to America for the first time. And what, what would their experience be like? What would they be seeing? And so I was kind of... Almost looking. It's got to be Attack of the Titans. That's that's where that manga has to come from, like the, with the huge giants. Oh yeah, that we that, talked about. Yeah, it's like white people, that, the, that the giant like, white people that eat everything. Mostly yep. Japanese people, because everybody that appears in the manga <laughs> is Japanese, and then the the Titans, the giants, they look like foreigners. So that must be what what a Japanese person feels like when they when they leave Japan and, and go out into the Western world. They're like, oh my god, they're I gonna really eat wish- me. I, I loved it when the kids came over for spring break. You, you brought the kids over um, on that school trip. The one thing I regret is I kind of wish I would have interviewed them at the end of the week and just kind of asked, like, so honestly, uh-huh. what, are you, what are you thinking right now? Like, I don't know what if do they tell Americans. Uh, they probably wouldn't, but like, I know that they've got, they've already got misconceptions based on the week that they spent here, and it must be really interesting. We took them um, to the John McLaughlin house. Which had inside the, the John crazy hair. House, like <laughs> the two scariest photographs you'll ever see in your life are the picture of John McLaughlin and his wife that are on display in that house. They just look like like demons or something. <laughs> I think that should be the picture for this podcast. <laughs> it was so disturbing that I I uh, I made a cup with his face on it and gave it to the teacher that we went back to Oregon with just <laughs> in remembrance <laughs> of John McLaughlin. Uh, yeah. And what did she say to that when you gave it to her? I, I remember you showed me a picture of the mug. What did she say when she saw it? When I first talked about it, she was like, "Are you kidding? This is ridiculous." She didn't she didn't seem that into it, but then I made the cup and I gave it to her and she was like, you know, genuinely pleased and, you know, she seemed pretty happy. I don't think she's going to use it. But <laughs> you don't think she'll display it proudly on her desk? It's on her desk. Yeah. It's, oh, to is this, it? To this day, it's on her desk. But um, yeah, I think that's just for this year. She'll probably Pol- lose well, it. <laughs> to be polite. Well, no. But yeah. what you do is you make her a new one next year. You say, I noticed that your John McLaughlin mug is gone. I figured that you might it might have been broken or stolen, so I bought you another one. Well, I have another one in my house. I had two made, one for myself and one for her. So if her mug happens to just disappear from the desk, I'll just put another one on there silently. <laughs> that will really freak her out. I can't get away from this demon. You just you get a hundred of them made. I'm surprised you didn't. You kept one for yourself. You should have given it to your wife. You really missed an opportunity to score some bonus points there. Well, she's actually the one that ordered it, and I gave her the image and said, "Let's do this," and she got online and, and ordered it. So, okay, it wouldn't would have been, been a surprise. A special, yeah. As long as the kids don't see it, I assume that would scare them. They've seen ever wanting to come to America. Yeah, they've they've seen it. I mean, it's on on the uh, desk. Did you tell them this is what people in America look like? Ah, uh, they know what I mean. They watch movies and stuff like that. So yeah, but movies don't describe what people in America really look like. Um. If you're watching Mall Cop 1 or Mall Cop 2, <laughs> Anything they do. Kevin James. <laughs> Just Paul large Blart. and incompetent. Paul Blart. Yeah. <laughs> Mall Cop, which we actually have. <laughs> you, you, you have that? You downloaded that? 
Uh, well, I'd, I'd, I should say that I purchased the DVD to be proper since we are recording here. You purchased that I DVD? I don't, I don't actually record, excuse me, it just, do- download it just, and, and burn it just, it DVDs. It just fell off the back of a truck into your hard drive. It just fell off all. the internet right, on, right onto my hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have that. I, it, Lord knows if I was to pay for all the DVDs that I possess, uh, I'd be in debt. I, I, but see, you're doing it. First of all, I'm not sure it's illegal because technically you're not living in America. Second of all, you're doing it for the children. It's for the children. I'm doing it for the kids. And their, and their, yeah. English, their English education. This is an investment in their future. It, and I think it really is. that the creators of the movie would support that wholeheartedly. I would I hope really so. Do. I mean, I'm, I'm not duplicating them, selling them. I'm not distributing them. I'm just showing them to my kids so that they can learn English. That's the only reason. So they can get a little... I mean, it's going to pay off in dividends for American culture and the Hollywood industry later in life when my kids are like movie buffs and they just... They're whatever... I don't think it'll be DVD or Blu-ray. It'll be something completely different, you know, in the future. Right. But I can guarantee you that my kids, whatever the, whatever the 4K version, of yeah, Blu-ray the, is. they will be consumers of media, English media, in the future. So, yeah, consider it an investment for the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think Hollywood is on board with that. I'm pretty sure. I checked with them. They're cool. Yeah. They're like two <laughs> more right, consumers so- in the basket. Okay. <laughs> It's like, ah, Jeff, he's poor. He ain't got any money. I, do, I really don't. I have, <laughs> like, you paid for all the equipment that we're using to make this podcast because I'm so goddamn poor. So well, shout I, out to I, Trevor, I, the the <laughs> the podcast, the, the, the first sole supporter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My first sponsor. <laughs> well, when I learned that how much your Okozukai was, like what, ten bucks a week or whatever? It's down to zero. It's down to zero. It's down to zero. Yeah. <laughs> no money for you. See, I'm gone. She yeah. gave you a little something because she she felt sorry for me. And she's like, take him out, get him some chicken or whatever. And then I left and it's like, oh, yeah, screw you, Jeff. Yeah, well, she does give me money when I need it. So I can't complain about that. Like tonight, for example, is my 40th birthday party. And so I'm going out with the guys. Unfortunately, you won't be there. But I'm going I'll out with the re- remaining guys. We'll, 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 throw up a, we'll pour out a drink for you, bro. Who, who else going? Adam? I assume. Um, it's at Adam's house. He's hosting. So God, okay. God bless Adam. Um, I tried to record a podcast with him last week at the chicken shack and it just sounded like shit. So we'll have to get Shout him on the podcast Adam. here soon, but yeah, Adam's house and, uh, um, Brandon, who I don't think you met will be there, but he's the guy from the podcast. Um, so you can, if you're interested, you can, you can listen to his podcast, Brendan, uh, who else will be there? Mike, uh, a New Zealand guy who likes poker. He'll be there. What was uh? What's his name? Ryan will be there. Your, Ryan, your best friend Ryan. I'm so glad that he's attending your birthday party. I don't mind Ryan. Have, it, it's it, have... it's the it's it was Ryan as an alcoholic that was the the trouble. I think. Oh, uh, Okay. He stopped drinking. He's he's sober now. He's he seems to have chilled out. Wow, that's impressive. We'll have to Good cut friend. this out of the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Ryan. What's shout up, out to bro? Ryan. We'll have to get him What's on. The, I was gonna. I asked. I I said, do you want to get on the podcast and talk about? being an alcoholic in Japan where it's completely acceptable. And, and he was like, oh, maybe, maybe. So yeah, that might yeah. be a possibility in the future. Hentai connoisseur figure, <laughs> yeah. figure connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. A bit. Um, so what else you got for me? All right. So you had a little bit of culture shock. Um, do you look, do you look back on your experiences in Japan and see them any differently than you think you did at the, t- at, at the time that you were living in Japan? Definitely. Yeah, I can I can say completely that it's totally different now, like a year. It's been about a year now. What are we, July? Yeah, so I left. I'd be leaving Japan uh, about 15 days from now, a year ago. So I've been back about a year. Okay. And, uh, you know, when we recorded, anybody who's listened to our first podcast, um, I, was, I was kind of on an up note because I was on my way out. We recorded it like last. Yeah, you were in countdown mode. June, I think it was last June when we, yeah, I was in countdown mode, so I was on my way out. So I was, I was pretty, pretty happy about that. And everything since March had been really good, but um, yeah, that first like six to eight months was really tough. I wish we had so, interviewed you in winter. That would have been interesting, but yeah. you were, you were in lockdown with the new baby, so plus it was winter, and I just tend to hibernate. Yeah, everybody we managed does. to get out to the grape shack a couple times, but that's true. Yeah, cold as fuck. It was freezing. Yeah, um, but anyways, so. I was in countdown mode, but I was still, I was pretty jaded with the school at that point. Like I'd been there and like, even though things had gotten a lot better when, when uh, Miss Kitazawa came over and, and I got a schedule and like, you know, elementary school had been good the whole time, but middle school was finally starting to look up. Things were good. 
But like I had been so jaded at that point where it was just like, oh, I'm so sick of this and like coming in and those last three hours of the day when there's no classes and you're just sitting around. Like I'm, I, it must be really nice yeah. having gotten out of those, even even for less money. Yeah. Like how nice is it to not have to stay those extra two or three hours? Because that was, I think more than anything, that's what killed me was yeah. those last three hours of sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the last three hours of the day from like th- three, after classes finish around three to <clears throat> five, it could be, I mean, if you don't have fifth period, it's just straight up from, <clears throat> from like yeah. one in the afternoon until five. You have you're lunch like, until five. Yep. Yeah. And so that was, it was that was kind of rough. And so, you know, I, I found interesting ways to amuse myself and honestly knowing it was easier knowing I was on my way out. I had decided in May, mid May that I, I was going to go back. And so like, after I made that decision and I had informed like the school board and I had informed people back home um, that I was on my way out, like it took a lot of the pressure off me because I was trying really hard when the new school year started to be like Mr. Perfect again because we had new teachers coming in and mm-hmm. like they had had really upped their game and giving me a schedule and stuff. So I was really, I was like consistently there on time, leaving on time. I was always where I was supposed to be, which after the first three or four months of just not having any classes, I would kind of disappear in the middle of the day and stuff like that. Because it's like, I know I don't have any classes. No one's going to come looking for me. So, you know, I and then if anybody asked, I'd say I was at the other school. That was the nice thing about having two schools. You're like, oh, Trevor, we missed you this afternoon. Oh, I'm sorry. I was at the elementary school. <laughs> just don't check on that. Um, would, so, yeah, you, you know, see I, yourself I, doing an, another year in Japan? Like, like, what if they called you up on the phone and were like, hey, you want to come back and do it again? That's a that's an interesting question. Like I think mentally, I would be more prepared for it the second time around. Mm-hmm. I think, of course, like knowing what what to expect, and and I felt like by the end of that first year, I was way more competent than I, of course, you know, obviously than I was when I got there. My language ability, the language ability, the language barrier was like a huge part of that year being so difficult. Because even studying the language for years, you get there and it's. You know, my my level wasn't the level of somebody who's like majored in it. I know you've had recently somebody on your podcast who had majored in Japanese, right? Before they yeah, yeah. came over, and so I had never reached that level. You know, I had a, a fairly good foundation for, <laughs> you know, very simple things, but nothing. Well, even then, I, I don't to... think he could pass N one, even though he's majored in it. I, I don't think I would well, be surprised you can, if you can't. You can't pass N one. So <laughs> I will pass N one. God damn it. <laughs> I think N one is N one is like the Great White Buffalo. <laughs> I know people <laughs> who have somebody. passed it um. allegedly. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I mean, but I had I had just passed N five when I left, and I I would not have passed N four at that point. So that's kind of where I was at when I came. I over. think you could pass N two with with if you just hit the books really hard. Like right now, yeah, I probably with six months of really hard study, I could probably do N two. Probably like, just grammar too, if you just really hit the grammar books. I don't know, kanji, kanji still. I yeah. finally got N4 kanji down really well to the point where I'm finally like seeing con- like conjugations that I don't know and I'm able to like decipher the word mm-hmm. without knowing what it is and then I don't know what it means. Uh, <laughs> I can go look it up without having to like... That's, so that's for, always a nice feeling. That was like a really big breakthrough that didn't happen until I got back and I was still studying. And then I sat down and it was like, you start memorizing both the readings and that was kind of a big breakthrough. But yeah, I mean, going back to what we were talking about, uh, the language barrier was tough and it wasn't until like the last, like my going away party. That was, it was interesting that that's when it happened for me. So what, I, I kinda, all year, you, you all felt? year I was kind of waiting for like a breakthrough for like a conversation mm-hmm. where it was like, oh wow, you know, that I'm conversation went yeah. way better. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like a struggle all year long. And there were, there were times where like once I went to a meeting at the preschool without a translator and that was probably three or four months in, you know, I was, uh-huh. and it wasn't amazing, but it's like, oh man, I did this without somebody from city hall coming out and I actually understood what they were saying. And right. so that, that was a breakthrough, but like the last, my, my going away party with the uh, elementary school, and this was the only uh, nomikai that I had gone to with the elementary school. Uh-huh. And so I went out. Is it and, the barbecue uh, party that they have or? No, was that was formal... the barbecue was actually the first the first night Kubota and I actually talked. That oh, was okay. a night he drove me home. So this, and, this was know, a that, formal. That's where that started. Like, this know, was dinner. like the formal end of, um, I think it was rolled into that end of the term party. Uh-huh. And then they did like a section for me where they gave me a gift and the whole thing. Um, uh, it was it was I, it was end of first term slash farewell to Trevor, I suppose. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, and uh, and they. 
they had never invited me to an elementary school party because I always did like a, a junior high school and I, I don't know if they do those on the same night or what the deal is, but like I had never been invited to an well, elementary school one. Well, so we're technically not um, members of the show queen of the, like the, 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 uh, the official teacher roster at the elementary oh. school. Okay. That could be one reason why. But for, for whatever reason, the, the junior high didn't have a Nomikai uh, at that time. And so we did like a, they did like pie in the teacher's room for everyone as my going away. Well, I think I know why. This, I think I know why. I think, yeah, looking back, I think I know why. But at the time, I wasn't <laughs> sure why, you know. Uh, there was a and big so thing anyway, that happened that summer. <laughs> and, they, and they had to cancel the, the Nomikai. It was no time for celebration. There was, I think, a year where there were no celebrations. And it was, it was oh, during really? that summer. Yeah. Did I ever tell you the details about that? I can only imagine. Major incidents. Like, anyways, yeah, it was that last Nomikai. I had the conversation of my whole trip where it was like, and, you know, I, I was a little inebriated. I had a couple beers. And so, it helps. like. It helps. No communication, it does. they call it. It does. N- exactly. So I was, like, speaking without translating in my mind, something I didn't know that I could do mm-hmm. at all. That's the beer. And, uh, yeah, it was like. Oh my god! And I'm leaving like in two days. Fuck. Yeah. Was, so then, then, is there a party that wants to come back and like? There is, but to study I think, more. Or? Yeah, it's it's interesting because with you know my having my own business now. Yeah, you got a um, burgeoning me, career. Yeah, it allows me. Well, the nice thing about it is it allows me a lot to make my own schedule. Um, and so it's one of those things where once I start making enough money, um, I plan to just like make a yearly pilgrimage. Uh, so you, you want to you want to tell the people what it is you're, you've been doing back in the states? Yeah, I mean, I I've uh, started my own uh, videography business. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer to call it filmmaking. So you're you're people, you're but... porn director, is that right? Yes, I, I direct uh, <laughs> high class porn. Uh, no, I'm just gonna start uh, telling people that <laughs> that's gonna be my new thing. What's Trevor doing back in the states? He's making films. What making... kind? Pornographic? <laughs> no, I primarily I'm shooting wedding films. With oh, clothes on. So clothes it's, it's, on. it's hours. It's a few hours before the porno begins. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when they I, 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 I'm, I'm long gone. I'm long gone by the time the clothes come off. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it. the nice thing about it is uh, I really, I only need to work 20 or 25 jobs a year. The rest of it is working from home, putting them together. And that leaves me with time where it's like, you know, I could probably, especially in the winter, mm-hmm. because there's not a lot of weddings in the winter, like, November, December, January, somewhere in there, I could probably take three weeks or a month and just it, leave. When you say go. 20 to 25 jobs, it doesn't sound like a lot. But like when you consider there's only 12 months in the year, right. so that's about two jobs a month. And if each job takes you two weeks to like shoot and edit, there's not a lot of it's, downtime. It's, yeah, it's pretty full time. But a lot of it stacks up over the summer because more people tend to. So instead of being evenly spaced. So you're probably just um, going to lose your mind like, in the summertime. It's like April, like end of April through, I don't know, like mid to late September is wedding season. And uh, and then after that, you know, and I've, I've got it written in the contract that I have three months to deliver basically. So that kind of gives me some space, especially towards the end of summer when mm-hmm. there's more of a backlog mm-hmm. that I can kind of um, – keep up is it three months of your money back guaranteed or what what do you got it's not it's not no (laughs) i i I say generally 12 weeks but like um you know the more the more i do it the the shorter that that production time sure uh, takes to edit together so uh, so far i've been okay i think there are going to be times where it like i try not to take jobs it's hard right now because i need the money so i'll take whatever comes but like i ideally i wouldn't take jobs that are like two in the same weekend or you know like to a couple days yeah, apart yeah. just so that I have time to really get into it and get it sent out. You want to give everybody but, your link to, to your website? Uh, yeah, Trevor Holland Films, uh, trevorhollandfilms.com. If you're uh, looking in the Portland area for a, a wedding video to be done, check me out. Are you on Facebook uh, as well? I am. I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. Facebook, Wedding Wire. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm kind of... How would, they, how would they find you on Facebook? Just Trevor Holland or what? Yeah, just, Trevor, just search for Trevor Holland Films and okay. uh, I should come up. And uh, so yeah, things are things are going pretty well there. Uh, I know I tried to explain it to some people who came over on that trip with you, uh, a couple of the Japanese teachers, and mm-hmm. they didn't quite understand what I was doing. I get the feeling that 
uh, working for yourself is not necessarily a common concept. Well, yeah, over there. when I when like a couple of the teachers at school were like, "So what's Trevor doing?" He said he wanted to be a teacher right before he left. Is he a teacher yet? And I'm like, uh, "He said that? No, no, he's not I, a I teacher." I was thinking. I was thinking about it. That was, that's still to this day. That is still my backup plan. Like, should this whole thing fall apart uh-huh. and like I just can't make enough money or whatever, the economy goes bad. Like the backup plan is to go get my master's degree in education. And okay. Be well, an elementary school teacher, but okay. I haven't had in the to, states? to pursue that yet. Yeah, yeah, in in the states. Well, um, I was like, no, he's not. He's not doing that. He's uh, he's filming weddings, <laughs> and they're like, oh wow, does he have a does he have a a, a Chicago for that? Does he have certifications <laughs> for that? And I'm like, yes. we, it, Just this is yes. America. We don't actually have certifications for wedding photography or wedding filmography. Well, it it didn't help that you told people for like. A year or whatever that I'm like a photographer. Oh yeah, I always I the first thing that comes out of my mouth is photographer. Photography, and then, yeah. And Which then I, and then would I have make to back sense it up to them with, because I'm sorry, videography. It would make sense to them because when I was over there, photography was like one of my biggest hobbies. So I would talk quite a bit about photography. So all those upskirts you took were amazing, man. Hey, I hung out <laughs> on a lot of escalators in Tokyo. <laughs> hashtag boners everywhere. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just make it so easy for we, perverts like we, me. We shouldn't even joke about this because, like, every day in the news, somebody's getting busted for upskirts. And I think um, this week, I think there was like a couple principals that were busted for that. It's always the principals, man. I yeah. swear, they're out. They're out there with their fishing poles, like Ooh, trying to fish news. down women's underwear. Yeah, big news. Uh, the, the biggest temple in Nagano, the one, the, the most famous one, is is Zen Koji Temple. The, is that like, is that the one with the statue they show once every six years or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's yeah. got like a thousand years of history. Well, the and it, it's just massive. They've got tons of monks in there. And then the, there's a head monk, and he's he's pretty much like like the Buddha of that temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been um, was it, was he panty fishing? <laughs> you get the old fishing rod out, and there was that. That's that's a different story. No, um, <laughs> in, in a sense, he was panty fishing. He was he apparently he was like sexually harassing touching or making lewd comments to some ladies in the staff and so they had him on tv like the news they were like interviewing him like at a press conference oh. and they're, they're like grilling him and he's he goes he goes uh what did he say he was like he's like i haven't seen him i haven't met them i haven't i haven't talked to them i haven't done anything and so it's a, it's been a joke around the house with with me and my wife every time i grab her ass i'm like it wasn't it wasn't me, I, well, wasn't I, me. Even, I didn't I see who did it i've never even met this person i don't even never know who even you met are. The, i never even touched that ass yeah so that's a big scandal right now but um wow Anyways, to, to, to clarify, I've never taken up skirt shots. Okay, yeah, just, put... <laughs> so just so that everybody knows. Just so everyone knows, I, I'm I'm not that guy. Yeah, you were um, more about landscapes, if, if I remember correctly. I did a lot of landscapes. You'll notice if you search up uh, Tatashina Chugako on Google, my my photo is up there. <laughs> I've, nice. I I know it's pretty cool. And uh, Google wants to make me a partner. They want me to go around and like take pictures of shit and put it on google maps because they're like your photo has over six thousand views consider becoming a youtube maps partner wow and i was like eh. a lot of people your, search your for that junior high in japan your junior high school photo yeah had six thousand views on google maps yeah wow well that's just how many people have searched for that that uh middle school that junior high mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my my image comes up because it's like the only one <laughs> wow, I also man. I also have the photo for uh, City Hall uh-huh. that uh, all I did was screenshot City Hall from the front on uh-huh. uh, Google Maps uh-huh. and then put that as its permanent <laughs> image because the image the image <laughs> that was up there for City Hall if you go check it out mm-hmm. um, was some guy like inside with like I like like curtains or blinds behind him and he's like making a weird face. <laughs> and it's like some guy gene and it just says like this place is the bomb yo oh my <laughs> like, goodness i'm like what is this you can't even tell if it's actually city hall or if somebody's just <laughs> screwing around but like apparently nobody at city hall cares enough about google and you guys use google over there right i mean uh, i would google think that some google. people do yeah like, what is what is the search engine of choice in japan search engine yahoo oh jesus christ yeah <laughs> and they they do it via internet explorer <laughs> on Windows God. 1997. 
<laughs> or <laughs> 98 or whatever feel, it is. Ma- makes you feel dirty. It, it does. Yeah, it does. That's the standard in Japan. Oh, God, Yahoo. Yeah, I guess I've seen it. I saw it in the uh, the staff room on those uh, yeah. computers. They always had Yahoo up. Wow, that's sad. That's just sad. They invented, like, the cell phone, man. What happened? <laughs> They've done a really good job at, uh, alien, like, trying to get rid of the iPhone over there, right? Have people finally started adopting the iPhone? It's pretty big. I, I think it's hard to say no to a piece of technology that's so amazing. Um, I heard they were they were late adopters of like Apple though. Oh, they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I was. I mean, when I came over, I didn't have a hard time finding an iPhone. But like before right. I came over, I heard they were not doing well over there. Oh, they weren't. They weren't. I was. I, I was one of the early adopters. But um, looking around, there was almost nobody else that had them. And um, you know, there's a, there's a distrust of foreign technology in Japan. So, people are not inclined to go out of their way to buy something for like even like foreign cars there's people that buy them gotta be toyota as a status symbol to say because because they're incredibly expensive it's there's a import tax and then um of course they break down more often than you know right the japanese equivalent and um when you get your car serviced it costs more they, they actually charge more to have them serviced uh, parts are marked up and so everything about a foreign car in japan is just expensive all the and parts, I, all the service, and yet people will buy them just to I appear saw, rich. I saw a lot of BMWs, especially in Tokyo. Like BMWs seem to be. Well, that's the ultimate status symbol. Like if is you want to show one car. Yeah, if you want to, if you want people to know that you're a rich bitch, then you drive a BMW <laughs> or a Mercedes Benz. There you go. Got to got to be German. Yeah, although um, I feel like Toyota and Nissan. Um, are starting to copy, like there's a couple of Toyotas and Nissans that look exactly like the BMWs. Well, did I tell you that I got a new car recently? Did you? I did, yeah. And I actually I got a Toyota. Wow. And Toyota I, what? I, I, fi- I figure uh, a Toyota Rav4. Nice. And I got it because it does. It looks a lot like the BM. Like I really wanted a BMW, but obviously I can't afford a BMW. Right. And uh, the Rav4, the new Rav4, it's a 2014, but the newer style looks. Oh no, shit! You got a 2014. Exactly. I'm going like, to Google this right now. Yeah, and so, but you know why I did it? You know, because I had, after coming over for some reason, I managed to find myself in all these like historic Toyota locations. So like I went to the, like the first Toyota factory. Where that does look do like the, whole, the BMW SUV. Doesn't it? Yeah. Like it, I feel like a lot really of Toyota similar. and uh, a lot of Japanese cars are, are made out to look like um, the higher end BMWs. Yeah, I mean the interior is, it's like as soon as you get it, like my interior is nice. I got like the leather seats, but like you get in, you're like, this is not a BMW. <laughs> but um, on the outside, it looks pretty darn close. You got leather seats, you said? I did, yeah. Nice. Got to have leather because yeah. I had leather in the old car and... So, leather yeah, in black, Japan seems like leather. it would be uncomfortable, though. I mean, it's like um, it's cold in the winter, and it's hot in the summer. You've got it hard. Yeah, you've got extreme temperature variations out there. Yeah. In um, Oregon, though, I think leather would be perfect. But, yeah, I remember. So, yeah, I went to the original Toyota factory, and I went to the Toyota showroom in, um, where was I, in Tokyo. I sent you pictures of your car, but, like, better. Of, oh, like, yeah, the yeah, boxy yeah. with yeah. that cool interior. Um Odaiba. It was in Odaiba. Yeah. I'm not sure what the, the name of that is. It's called Kirameki, like all the dressed up Voxy. So I, I'm a big fan of the Kirameki it's, versions it's of nice. cars. I found out that the, the RAV4 actually has that interior after I bought mine, like that um, two tone, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Red yeah. and black or whatever. Yeah. It's not red, but it's kind of off red and brown. And uh, I was kind of upset. I was like, oh, man, I should have gotten, gotten that interior. That's sweet. Honda but, just came uh, out with um, a hybrid step wagon. That, hybrid step wagon. So, like, get on Google and, and type in Honda step wagon. Honda. Yeah. Okay. This looks kind of like the Voxy, actually. It is. It's the direct competitor of the Voxy. Um, oh, okay. It's, it's it's pretty fucking sweet, though. The back door has a has, has a new back door that, that instead of swinging up, it opens up like a regular door. Oh, interesting. It's pretty sweet. You kind of jelly now? We thought about buying this, actually, because it, it was due to be out six months later. 
how's the old Voxy holding up? I've heard oh, it's great. stories of like you tearing out the undercarriage and I did ding up the undercarriage, but um it's you uh, dip nobody one tire <laughs> into the into the ditch and Yeah. It yeah, which ended up putting like on the bottom running board like a like a crack in that, which I've covered with tape, so it's pretty ghetto, but um pretty hard to notice actually. Like um I'm the only I think I'm the only person who notices it. It's amazing to me that you can get around Japan in that beast mm-hmm. of a, an automobile. Because, like, I had, when I was over there, I had that crappy little Daihatsu, like, smallest car I've ever driven, little clown car. And yet, still, and, like, that's I had, a Futsusha. That's not even a K car. But, which is crazy to me. But yeah, I had a hard time. Yeah. It was, it was four seat, you know, four door. Yeah. But, like, I had a hard time keeping that thing on the road because the roads are so narrow. And, like, yeah. you're driving, like, something three times bigger, it felt like. And just yeah. like you know, whizzing by people, and I mean, have well, you ever gotten on roads where you got to like back up? And you're like, I can't do this. I, I um, remember there's that that one road that's like super narrow. One car can get through, and you got like brick walls on each side. And I think it's on the way to. I don't think I've um, ever backed out of something that was too narrow, but um, I've I've driven truck in Japan, like the big the big ass trucks. Like I got a license to drive those back when I used to help my wife's uh, father do his job. Um, and so I've driven truck all over Japan and that was pretty gnarly. I've, I've, um, I've run it over some curbs and bumped the sides into this or that here and there. <laughs> I'll still never forget the first time I drove solo. And I, when I first got there, I, I locked myself in my apartment for like almost a week, like mm-hmm. three or four days. And finally I ran out of food and I'm like, okay, um, time to go. It's time to go. Like I had been putting it off. And uh, I had the car, so I, I went out and got in the car, and I'm driving. And, you know, uh, Tsuruya is like, what, th- three minutes from the apartment? Mm-hmm. And I'm driving down the road, and there's this one, <laughs> this one part, and uh, I, I kind of, there's a car coming, oncoming, and I'm uh-huh. freaking out. And uh, I clip, I clip the side of the car uh, against <laughs> the this bush. Yeah, the mirror, the mirror snapped in, you know? Uh-huh. They've got that great feature where it snaps in you, instead of breaking off. So you didn't hit the other car. You hit a bush on no, the side of the no, road. No, because I was, I was so afraid I was going to hit the car. I hit this bush. Okay. And uh, so I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God, I damaged their wonderful car. <laughs> but little <laughs> did I know it would be, like, retired as soon as I left. This crappy car that yeah. had been destroyed by the previous ALT. Uh, <laughs> and, like, the side, it had scratches on the side from where the, the bush had scraped against it. Mm-hmm. To be fair, though, when I went back and I was driving by some days later, I noticed that these bushes had been trimmed, but, like, they were still extending over the line into sure. the street. Yeah. So, rookie mistake. But, yeah. Those... I, I've, I've done that. I've hit the mirrors on branches sticking out into the road a number of times to avoid hitting a car. I've also, on a super narrow road, like, I and the oncoming car slowed down almost to a stop, yeah, but not quite, and we were going by each other, and our mirrors touched. <laughs> and thinking, like, oh, I should stop and check it out. Exchange right? exchange information. I touched yeah, your mirror. Yeah, I, felt, I, did, I didn't want to. I, I don't want to do a hit and run. I mean, obviously, that's, like, the right. worst thing you can do. So I, I, like, started to, like, stop my car, and I was going to... He saw Gaijin. He's like, oh, my God, he's going to get mad. And he just drove off. I assumed that he'd get out and we'd just go, oh, fuck it, and, and you know, drive off, right? But I thought we'd uh-huh. at least get out and, and, and talk about it and say, like, oh, sorry, you know, hey. But anyway, so I go to stop my car, and he's just like, and he just drives off. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, he saw you. He's like, oh, my God. Well, you know, it's funny that you should say that. Like, um, one time I was driving into the neighboring town. And I didn't have my seatbelt on. And th- sometimes they have, there's a police station in the neighboring town, and sometimes the police officers are out and they're watching to see if people are wearing their seatbelts or not. And if they're not wearing their seatbelt, they'll flag them down and give them like a $100 ticket and right. one point off their I love like how they don't. System. I love how they don't pull you over. They stand off to the side with flags. And, and they then, just yeah, they wave you. Wave you over. Get, yeah. So I'm, I'm driving down the hill and I see the police officer on the side of the road and I'm, and then it hits me that I don't have my seatbelt on. I normally wear a seatbelt, but not always. And so, because I was just making a run to like 7-Eleven or something. So then mm-hmm. I go to like put my seatbelt on as, as I'm passing him and he sees me doing this and so he jumps out and starts screaming, beep, 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 blowing his whistle and, and like waving his arms to like pull over. Uh-huh. 
And I'm like, oh, fuck. So um, I keep going about, oh, I don't know, 20, 30 meters to a place that's safe to pull over. And then I pull over, and I think he's going to walk over and come give me a ticket, right? And so I'm pulled over, and I'm like, oh, God damn it. I'm just kind of sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and then I'm like, what the fuck? So I, like, I get out of my car, and I stand up, and I, and I turn around to look at the police officer, and he's back looking at cars. He, get, he, <laughs> he saw that I was a foreigner. And it was like, oh shit, I can't speak English or something or whatever it was. And he's just like, yeah. screw it, <laughs> fuck it. I'm not, I'm not even going to wave him on. So I got, I got the gaijin pass on that one. Nice. So, yeah, that's, I mean, it works both ways. I mean, there's, there's times as where long I've, As long as they don't think you're shoplifting. Now, I hear that if you're being a little sketchy in stores, they'll call the police on you. Um, you know, back when I was on the Big Daikon forum... And, you know, listening to people tell their stories in Japan, there was a girl on there that said she got busted for shoplifting. When she wasn't, it was like in a department store. She didn't realize that each department store inside the, each store inside the mall or whatever, like this big open department store, they were split up into sections and that you Mm -hmm. couldn't carry your basket from one section to another section, even though there's no like, you know, there's no, it's not, it's not enclosed or anything, right? They're just... They're just broken up into sections. Not knowing that, she had a basket full of things, and she walked into another section, and they busted her. And then it, like, they took her down to the police department, and they like had like an eight-hour interrogation in which they were <laughs> asking her over and over to confess to her crimes and also asking her if she liked sushi and stuff like that. And she made a big blog post about it. But I've, I've, never, uh, I've never met anybody that was busted for that, and I, I personally have never had any. I'm not a thief, a so well that that helps. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a big, that's a big thing. But um, I, I, yeah, I've never heard of that. Like other than a few isolated internet cases where people blogged about it. Well, to be fair, yeah, that's my sole source of information on the topic is like, you know, the few bad stories you hear. But I, speaking of that, before I, I came over there, I made sure not to read anything on the internet about Japan or like mm. teaching in Japan yeah. or anything because like after I had committed to going, I was like. I, don't I know want to that if I go out of it with some negative stories, right? I know if I go on the internet, the only stuff you're going to read on the internet is going to be negative. Well, yeah, um, it tends to be that way, right? You like, right. You're like I had a great experience in Japan today, and I'm going to write a big ass blog post about it. Doesn't nope. usually happen that way. Um, that goes on people's Facebook pages. They don't go on the forums <laughs> to rant about it. Right. So yeah, I didn't read anything. Yeah. Not anything. Yeah, um, I didn't either. You know, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't even know anything about Japan. But like when you, you you came over before the internet was really the internet. I mean, we had the internet, but like here in the countryside, in the teachers' department, there was no internet. So right. there was there was nascent internet back in the states, kind of burgeoning internet, still yeah, still get, in its you, infant years. Get on that uh, that uh, Netscape and just yeah. Yeah. cruise. Well, it's funny that you. <laughs> <laughs> you like to hem and haw about the internet, but you're still using an AOL email address. What I have, fuck, I have. What my, the fuck my, is up with that? My business email is Gmail. Okay, you I'll finally made the switch. So I've, my no, the business, is the business has always been on Gmail. It's just the old one. Like, eh, what's the point? But when I was buying the car, <laughs> yeah. I did get shit from the salesman for that, and I kind of, I almost, I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go buy this car somewhere else. Like, I don't need that shit from you. <laughs> like when did you seriously, when did you adopt Gmail? Last year? Yeah. 2015 after or gave, six, it was after 16, you, right? Technically? 15? It would have been 2014. You adopted Gmail. <laughs> you were yeah. using AOL up until 2014. That's insane. AOL is perfectly fine. Yeah, for What's like a 60-year-old like male, maybe. I'm not on Yahoo. That's what my grandma uses. No, my, excuse yeah, me. I would I, rather be I on Yahoo up. than AOL. <laughs> like, what the, like AOL, to me, it's just like, I didn't even know they still existed until you gave me your email address. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, <laughs> AOL still exists? Do you, do you remember like 2001? when AOL merged with Time Warner and people were like, oh my God, like this is going to be the mega corporation. <laughs> like AOL yeah. is going to take over the world. And then it became Google and Amazon that did it and like yeah. AOL went to shit. So yeah. to be fair, in 2000, I would have been a genius. Well, you're just representing, yo. You, you're, I'm just, you I'm, just I'm keeping America school. online 
around. Do you remember those <laughs> CDs? They'd send you the CD. Yeah. You get like a thousand free hours of America Online. You're oh like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I'm surprised that you do. I mean, you're only like what 29. Yeah, but I yeah. You still you got them all the time. You got them in the mail. You got them in magazines. Like yeah. they really wanted you to get those thousand free hours. And then of course AOL chat rooms. I remember I was in middle school when I discovered AOL chat rooms. And people would be like, ASL. And you're like, yo, what's up? Well, they used to have I'm, Yahoo I'm chat like, rooms. I don't even think they exist anymore, do they? Uh, probably not. Yeah. At least not in the, the form they used to. I'm yeah. surprised that that shut rooms. down. What, chat rooms? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, like, that's like the big ones, like Yahoo. Oh, Yahoo. yeah. There's, I don't, they still I don't exist, know. but they're all really... They're all... How can I put right. it? They're all smaller it's, and like scattered throughout the internet. The only people on those chat rooms anymore are like the pedophiles and oh, like wow. the people. Go from ahead and Date- generalize. Come on. <laughs> no, it's all the pedophiles <laughs> and the people from Dateline NBC looking for pedophiles. That's how they meet each other on the the old AOL chat room. Well, I was thinking more like um, um, they're 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 more like um, how can I put it like theme specific. Like there's I forget the name of like help me manage my high or whatever. There's like a, there's like a chat site for people that are going out of their minds. They're high on some drug and they want to know if they're still alive or if they're crazy or like what they should be doing and there's like um babysit me i'm high there's i think is what it was called something like that which weird i've never heard of that let me see if i can find this this is this is a really cool fuck i'm not gonna be able to find it what are you looking for it's this uh it's it's a chat room for people that um are high oh (laughs) you know that's that's legal here in oregon now so I assume that Donald Trump wants to legalize weed because he says he wants to make America great again and weed didn't used to be legal or, or illegal. So, like, I figure he's talking, like, 1790s America, right? Is that when we were good? I can't. Wow. He never really, he never tells us when America was good. How, how do you feel about going back to America and being inundated with Trump and Hillary? And, it's been the um, worst. It's been the worst year. Or, like, the Orlando shooting and um, the, just the... People, people Not so much lost. gun violence as, like, the raging debate debates about about guns and this and that you and know, just like the turmoil that it is to live I in mean, america how's that feel it's it's not been great it's been especially for somebody like me who i feel like i i ride that line pretty well between conservatism conservative being conservative and mm-hmm. being liberal mm-hmm. and uh and so i'm pretty yeah i'm pretty neutral and i i so far i mean i've only been able to vote in two elections but uh, i voted democratic each time Are you motherfucker I know, just because I didn't, I didn't agree with all the policies on the, the Republican side. But I feel like, are you strapping? Um, by the way, now that you're back in the states, are you? Uh, no. Are you, are you eating your Totino's pizza? Pizza, pizza. Are you eating your Totino's pizza? I, I and, am uh, a member of the Totino's with a gun, lifestyle. With a gat? I have, I have returned to the Totino's lifestyle. I don't have a gun. I hate the why, idea of carrying a gun. What? Like you got to be able to protect yourself, man. No. When they no, come at you guns. with the mall. No, because you know what, what are you would happen? Do? This is the thing. People, this is the, that's the argument. That's the big debate right now. Like, you know, like a shooting, a big shooting happens, and then Hillary will come out and say, like, we need to get rid of all the guns in the world. And then Trump will come out and say, well, if everybody at the club had a gun, this wouldn't have happened. Uh-huh. And it's, it's like, it's neither of those is the correct answer. But, like, I, I don't want a gun because if I'm in a location and somebody starts shooting and I have a gun, like, I'm more likely to shoot an innocent civilian trying to run away that's because you got to get down in the range, man. you got to get that target like, practice in. And then, uh, you know what? Even if I have a gun, <clears throat> odds are, like, a lot of people be like, man, I tackle that son of a bitch. I, you know, I'll tackle that day, son of a I have bitch. a gun. Like, I'd, I'd get my ass out of there if I could. Like, I don't, I don't really want to shoot anybody. So well, it, Having a gun might help you get your ass out of there quicker. You just start firing off rounds while you run. <laughs> yeah, and then right? the police shoot me. Wow. Like, That's probably not going to happen because... The police won't get there in time. Never, they never get there in time. Or because I'm not black. Ha ha ha. LOL. Topical humor. Oh my god. And it's true though. Uh, you're not black. But like, <laughs> <laughs> no. But like, we have so much. It's. I've I've been talking to one of my friends about this. Uh, and uh, but Are they uh, I, I was I was talking They're to not Josh. Japanese? You know Josh. Josh. Domain we got to get Josh on the podcast. We do. That'd be amazing. He how, hates how you. How can we? He, I know. Like, I know. He, but he loves me because he hates. He hates me because he wants my love. He he says that if you apologize the next time you come to America, he might forgive See, you. See, that's exactly what a five-year-old would say. It's it's we have a daddy-child <laughs> relationship. Uh, yeah, he wants that daddy love. He's pretty butthurt about that. But anyway, tell him. Uh, wait, we're, I guess I could just tell him right now because he'll probably listen to this. 
he Josh, won't. His, if you're his, listening his to wife this, will listen. Tina will listen to this. I know that you're probably busy chasing Pokemon right now. Dude, he is. God bless you for that. <laughs> he is. God bless you for that. But um, <laughs> if you could just stop chasing Pokemon for an hour or two to do a podcast with Trevor and I, I will give you an on-the-air apology for whatever offense I may have oh, given. Oh, snap. That might do it. That could do I really, it. I, that would be your, your highest-rated podcast, I guarantee it. You think so? If we so. could get, I mean, he's so ADHD that he would be a great guest. We'd, yeah. I mean, we'd have to tag team him. I, I don't it think I could be, manage him on my own. I need you. You got to slap him around a little bit and keep him in check. Which is what I do in real life too. Because yeah, be he funny. goes off on his like weird diatribes and. Oh like, god. Josh, hey, hey, over here, buddy. Yeah, he he would. Yeah. <laughs> he's got no, the perfect mouth for radio. I think he does. Or like I really want to start a YouTube channel with him. He's or got I'm the more perfect like the, face. I'm more for like radio the straight too. man, and he's like off, <laughs> off the wall, <laughs> and uh, the kids would love it. Like we'd be huge in that seven to nine year old demographic. But no, we we were talking about this and how like things have become so divisive, right? Especially in the last like ten years, where it's like if you're liberal, you have to hate the Republicans, and if you're black, you have to hate the police, and if you're, it's like this or that, this or that. Uh huh. And it's interesting how this is he has a Trump happened. supporter? I know he's got the hat. Is that just a he's, joke? Like he doesn't. I think he. Yeah, he favors Trump, but he doesn't vote. Like oh my he's God, he's a he Trump supporter. Vote. We got to. We got to get yeah. him on the podcast. Yeah, he, he's pretty good about hiding it though, because he knows we live in Oregon. So yeah, he, he knows he'd get like, lynched if he comes out as a Trump supporter. Exactly. Yeah. He, so he doesn't really talk about it, but I can tell he's. You know, he he supports Trump because uh, he supports <laughs> like own. He's like, why can't I own a tank? Is Josh? <laughs> that's Josh's big problem with the Second Amendment. It's that. <laughs> Like, well, like it says, right to bear arms. Why can't I bear a tank or a, like a rocket propelled grenade? I, I got to protect myself. We got to get him on the podcast. Just get uh, working on really, it. Okay, you could. I'll, 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 I'll look into it. I got to, I got to, I got to wrap this. What, did, you, did you have something? You want? Oh yeah, this is this is my final point. My okay. final point in what we were talking about here. It's just interesting that since the rise of the internet, where you're at a, we're at a point in time where you can find your niche group, where everybody in that group shares the exact same feelings about politics or you know whatever let's say politics they share your exact political views and uh-huh. you don't have to make concessions and so when you meet like you can you have the, the luxury of on the internet just hating all liberals and all their stupid ideas because the only people you interact with are people who are like you know that groupthink mentality where you know you're on the fox news forums and all you do is bash hillary clinton together or like you know support guns or, or whatever your thing is whereas i feel like maybe 20 years ago and I don't know I was I was pretty young but like 20 years ago like you met people you were friends with them but maybe they have different political views or religious views or like whatever it may be and you just kind of learn to accept that you know like mm-hmm. Josh supports Trump and it's like well you're my friend I think you're you're an idiot in this case but whatever you know it's not a big deal and you learn to get along and it well nowadays matter, you'll a lot of times people will just defriend anybody who's right not you within don't their because, specific ideological camp exactly because nowadays with the internet you don't have to be friends with right. people who have different beliefs than you. You can just stick with your little group of like people on the internet. Well, there's layers to it too. Internet. You can be like you can just be like right. um, I mean, you can mute be, this I, person. This person's always going off about guns or or uh, more guns or less guns or whatever. So you can be like I don't like that. Right. I'm going to mute this person and I'm never going to see them post on Facebook again. Right. Like no time in history can we cultivate our circle of friends to exactly share our worldview. Like, and I think that's part of the problem because we've all gotten to the point where we expect this validation for everything we say about our viewpoint. And it's got to be right because everybody I talk to thinks that way. Mm-hmm. Like, because everybody you talk to is, has been cultivated to. It's, it's great uh, for the confirmation bias. I mean, if, it, if you, if you can is. select um, and filter all your friendships through your ideolo- ideological filter so that only people who agree with you are in your camp. Um, then you're only going to be getting information on Facebook through through you know the the threads that people share that's already vetted and already fits into your worldview. Right. So everything's going to be confirmation bias. No matter yep. it's it's all going to be shit that you're like, yep, right on. I get you. And the more the world conforms to this new standard, like the more the politicians who are trying to get elected are going like far right, far left, trying to you know, be everything the other the other candidates not. It's like it, it, 
I just feel like the things that they're talking about aren't real world issues anymore. Like, uh-huh. they're not based in reality. They're based in people's biases that they see on the internet. Like, Trump talking about building the wall and, like, the wall. everybody needs a gun. And Hillary talking about, like, uh, like I don't know, women's issues and, like, do you think? Do you think that? Um, about. But like, the Game of bo- Thrones could be affecting political discourse because it's like <laughs> everything I hear on the news. It's it feels to me like it's a Game of Thrones reference. Like we need to make a wall to keep the White Walkers out. I mean, to keep the immigrants out. It's just like it's complete. Oh, like I Game know. of Thrones. Everything you know, I, matches perfectly with Game of Thrones. I was sure that Trump was not going to get elected, and then that whole. Um, brexit thing yeah, happened yeah, yeah, where yeah. have you have you seen pictures of the guy who was behind that what's his name <laughs> that looks exactly like donald trump yeah I've seen, like, I've seen the hair swap of them as well beautiful yeah the, the british donald trump yeah and i'm like oh my god and the whole thing was about immigration and like screw you poor europeans from like slavic countries mm-hmm. and it was like oh my god like if it could happen to britain it could happen here yeah and that little that little bit of panic set in and you asked if i'd ever come back and teach in japan well i don't know give me four years of a trump presidency and maybe <laughs> like like people people talk there's honestly the, the choice right now is like you vote hillary clinton if you want things to stay basically the same mm-hmm. right yeah and you vote trump if you just want to blow up the system and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't i don't really you know whatever whatever he's going to do it's going to be different and i feel like a lot of people that support him they support like change but it feels like change for change's sake instead of like positive change yeah like i don't know i just feel like a lot of the stuff that he says and honestly a lot of the stuff hillary says it's all just pandering it's pandering to their their power bases and it's like I, I don't know. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who gets elected because I, I think it Congress was is going to be the same. And Jim Jeffries, the comedian from Australia, who said it the best. There's part of me that wants to elect Trump. Just say fuck it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> let's just let's just nuke the system back to the Stone Age. I I I was dice. guilty of saying that for like a good six months. I thought it was really funny that he was running and like beating all these Republicans. And I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if he, you know, like how bad. How bad could he possibly make it? Like we should let him be president. It couldn't it couldn't be that bad. And like as time went on, like the shit he said became more and more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where like for a long time he had me fooled. I was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure that that Trump is just saying this stuff because he wants to win the the Republican primary. Like he's he's going for all those southern boys and like mm-hmm. the uneducated cuz he loves the uneducated, you know. They're the most loyal people, <laughs> the uneducated. <laughs> and uh and so i was like okay he's just pandering and he'll get the the nomination and then he's gonna like become like a real because you know i've read back in the day i read uh, his book art of the deal and like wow i i was i was i was a trump fan i liked the apprentice oh I thought, my god so you are one of the been, like, that he i was i was in high school and the apprentice came on and i th- i was like wow donald he's like really cool he's really you're fired my you're fired my father and power. mother used to watch that show religiously yeah yeah, yeah i for the first couple of seasons i did too oh i thought it was the dumbest thing on the on the, on the tv yeah. <laughs> well you were you were 10 years older than me you know yeah to be fair yeah you were like my age when that show came out yeah um and so anyways yeah i, I remember like i was kind of on his side and i'm like you know he's pretty he's a pretty smart guy like he knows what he's doing what he's doing is not he's saying the, the craziest shit he can to get all this free publicity that mm-hmm. he's not paying for and then he'll have more money in the in the you know the main election but like the time where he's had to beat the republicans has come and gone and he continues to stay say stupid shit yeah and i was kind of expecting him to run left on hillary on a few issues because historically he's been a fairly democratic liberal type thinker mm-hmm. and uh so i don't know i i still think that if he gets elected he might be like surprise bitches <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not gonna do any of that shit trump wow. towers well i mean to be fair what politician has ever kept their promises nobody yeah but so i mean that's that's we looked into the wall that's where it was politically economically infeasible we wanted to do it here about it at at least at least bernie sanders is out because bernie sanders was and i'm sorry for all you bernie sanders supporters out there and i'm gonna tell you why i I was not a bernie sanders i'm I'm one of those guys okay well i wasn't i wasn't a big bernie fan because he seemed to want to give away a lot of free stuff and he was like he was pandering too he was just pandering to like the uneducated 
liberals. And he was like the Donald Trump of the liberals with what he was like. <laughs> Instead of like guns and like Mexicans, it was like free college and $18 minimum wage. Like that was the difference. I like and that. And anyways, I was, I, was, <laughs> I was not on board with Bernie Sanders because of like all the people that ran this time, like Trump and Clinton and, and uh, I don't know, like what's his, what's his face that uh, Ted Cruz. Uh-huh. Like Marco Rubio, all these people, you could tell. Like, okay, these are politicians. Even Donald Trump pretends he's not a politician. This man knows what he's doing. Like, these are people with self-interest, and like they're gonna get in saying whatever they, you know, they're politicians. They'll say whatever they say. They get in, they do their thing, whatever. Bernie Sanders is the one guy who I felt was actually gonna come in and like say, you know, fuck the system, and like we're gonna do all this shit. And that's what scared me. It's like this Bernie Sanders, he's a wild card. We don't need that in America. Like we don't we don't need this Bernie Sanders. I feel like Trump in. is the wild card though. And Trump is gonna get in there and he's gonna just make big business bigger. Like Yeah, probably. And, yeah. and he's gonna he's gonna build that like that pink wall from that Japanese Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm gonna plug that YouTube video. Anybody who hasn't seen the what's it called? The the Donald Trump Japanese ad. <laughs> Look for it on YouTube. It's the it's, one I sent you? Yeah, that's that's yeah, good shit. It, yep, it's amazing. It's great. Well, we got to end it here because I got to take my kids to the, what is it? Uh, the Meet Icon, the Future Science Museum. The Future Science. Didn't you just go there not too long Actually, ago? It's sunny. We might go to the park instead. The giant the giant brain or whatever? Yeah, we go there a lot. Whenever it's oh, rainy okay. on a weekend, I'll take them there. It, but is it, like, is it like the OMSI of yeah. Japan? Is it bigger or smaller? The OMSI like, of this particular region of Japan. Region yeah. of Japan. It's not like the Tokyo OMSI. No, there's much better stuff in Tokyo. But um, all right. Well, uh, ship me your audio, and I guess we should say that Trevor and I are gonna are working on a little, uh, little side podcast project. We're gonna be doing the week in news. We're gonna talk about the news here in Japan. It's uh, gonna be awesome. You guys gotta check it out. Yeah. Remember, J and T. J and T. T and J. You the the weekly news in Japan. Weekly news. It's gonna be cr- gonna be crazy. The reason we're we're creating this separate podcast is because, believe it or not, this is the third time we've recorded. Uh, this particular podcast that you're listening to, we've had technical difficulties in the past, but let's be honest, like we got off topic here, <laughs> but like not anywhere near as bad as, as some of the other times we've tried to record this where we go really off the reservation. So I feel like this is the best of the three. But We, we should just make a podcast called Off the Reservation. Off the Reservation. <laughs> That's kind of what the news podcast is going to be because it's basically going to be an hour a week of us just rambling about whatever Crazy news stories in Japan? Crazy news in Japan. So look forward to that. Um, hopefully you've got all the audio recorded this time. It didn't stop, we, right? We are good. I'm still recording. Yeah. Okay. I'm still I'm still recording. So we got our audio. Yeah. It's been one hour. This is a one hour podcast. This is the shortest one of these that we've done, which is great. And uh, so yeah, check it out. Remember, subscribe to Deep in Japan Podcast. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Make sure that you pass it on to your friends. This is a great resource for anybody interested in Japan or looking to come to Japan, so make sure you pass it on. And if Jeff Kruger asks you to be on a future episode, I highly recommend it. The guy will buy you beers as long as you, as long as you live locally. So many beers. Locally. All right, is that something you do? No. I, I assume that you've... With, what with, about, with uh, the Mr. pocket money we, that my wife gets, I, I, I can barely We already talked about your, your allowance problems. <laughs> <laughs> what about Mr. Uh, Uihara? No, I, I, I do buy. I tend to uh, buy alcohol for whoever comes on the podcast. Although the last one I did Boom. was Mark. He was supplying the alcohol. So shout out to Mark for that. What up, Mark? Where's mine? <laughs> My address will be in the uh, the comments below. Make sure you guys send me beer. Um, yeah, one last cash. time, plug your, plug your business. That's right. Remember, you can check me out. Trevor Holland Films at TrevorHollandFilms.com or on Facebook at Trevor Holland Films slash Facebook slash that probably not going to work dot com and uh man nobody listening to this is getting married but if you got kids or like grandkids uh, they, they, they might know somebody who's getting married yeah yeah and they can recommend somebody i'm just saying how far will you go to, fil- to film a wedding what what state what's your radius i don't know seattle to bend like, seattle to bend it's a pretty big seattle radius bend, right now you're doing, yeah. you're doing weddings the the more well known i get though the, the smaller that radius is going to get so jump on board now i am booking for the 2017 wedding season and we're booking up fast, kind of, <laughs> so jump on board. I think that's all the shout-outs we have for this week. So remember, check us out next week on Off the Reservation Podcast. 
And uh, I'm sure Jeff will have another Deep in Japan podcast coming soon. Catch you later. Cheers.